It was yesterday, church. Uh, I give thanks to so many who were here helping virtually all day. Uh, from the early morning to late in the evening, we must have had 600 people in this building yesterday. And I think God gives us a glimpse of what is still possible here at this village. Uh, but most of all, I'm grateful for those who step up. Uh, we have a church that steps up and gets it done. And I am so grateful and also grateful that my co-pastors are back in the house. Uh, I am grateful for that. And still, and still, there is a word from the Lord. Remember that we are uh, studying the book of Acts with our sermon series right now. And uh, we are looking today at the very end of this book of Acts in chapter 27. It's a long story. I'm not reading it all. But from chapter 27, verses 14 to 20 and 30 to 36. But soon a violent wind called the Nor'easter rushed down from Crete. Since the ship was caught and could not be turned head on into the wind, we gave way to it and were driven. By running under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control. After hoisting it up, they took measures to undergird the ship, then fearing that they would run on the surtis, they lowered the sea anchor and so were driven we were being pounded by the storm so violently that on the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day, with their own hands, they threw the ship's tackle overboard. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest raged, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. But when the sailors tried to escape from the ship, and had lowered the boat into the sea on the pretext of putting out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. And then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the boat and set it adrift. And just before daybreak, Paul urged all of them to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have been in suspense and remaining without food, having eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will help you survive, for none of you will lose a hair from your heads. And after he said this, he took bread, he gave thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it, and began to eat, then all of them were encouraged and took food for themselves. This is the word of God for the people of God. What happens when the miracle doesn't come? What happens when we have been praying for and hoping for and begging for and expecting a miracle and it doesn't show up? We as Christians believe in miracles. 
Now, some of us believe in them a little less and are more oriented towards science, but some of us believe in miracles with our heart and our soul and our strength. We believe that God brought the people out of captivity in Egypt. We believe that Jesus fed. We believe that Jesus healed We believed that there are miracles that happen in our own time, in the here and now, in our own midst, and yet what happens when the miracle doesn't come? In our story from the book of Acts today, we find a passage in which the miracle that we would expect The saving of this ship doesn't come. In fact, the story ends with the ship being destroyed on the rocks on the shore. Still, everyone survives and gets out. If you remember, the book of Acts is the story of the, really the founding of the Christian movement. After Jesus has been resurrected and the people, as Brian said last week, have been sent out into the world to proclaim the good news, this one, Paul, becomes the apostle to the Gentiles. And Paul makes these journeys to all of the known world proclaiming the gospel of Christ. He is faithful to what God has placed upon him. And at the end of his third journey, he finds himself in Jerusalem and he is under arrest, wrongly accused, but under arrest for having incited the people toward Christ. Remember, it wasn't a time of religious freedom. It wasn't a time when uh, everybody was fine with whatever you proclaimed. And Paul was supposedly stirring up the people. And because he appealed to the emperor, they had to take him as prisoner to Rome. Now, I have a map here of the journey that this ship took. The red... But then uh, they get on a second ship and uh, they're sailing through these straits and then that bottom line, that whole way is the 14 days of storm. Now in this part of the world, the sailors knew that the currents and the winds were quite dangerous at many times of the year and they were at the very end of the safe window for passage. And so here there are, uh, once they get on the ship to sail for Rome, there are about 300 people on board. It's a grain ship carrying grain over to Italy, and they encounter this terrible, terrible storm. You see, Paul, this faithful man, finds himself in the midst of a terrible storm. He has done nothing but been faithful to God. He's done nothing to deserve to be a prisoner on a ship, much less in the midst of this terrible storm. Sometimes storms in life come to us and there's nothing that we've done to cause them. There's nothing that we've done to deserve them. But the storms of life come and they rage and we are caught in the midst of them. And it's then 
in the midst of those storms that we begin to pray to God, that we begin to look for a miracle, that we begin to expect that God is going to do to get us out of the situation that we're in. I know that there are always people who find themselves in the midst of storms and are turning to God in faith and saying, God, please do this to get me out of the storm that I'm in. And when we look at this story, Paul's faith in the midst of the storm, in the midst of his captivity, is really pretty unique. Now, remember that he has seen it with his own eyes a lot of miracles. He was in jail, you remember, and the earthquake came and knocked down all the walls. And uh, Paul then uh, stayed there and saw that the guard and his whole family came to Christ and were baptized. Paul has healed people. Paul has seen all kinds of miracles. But this time, the miracle doesn't seem to come. The ship isn't saved. Paul is still a prisoner. And yet, the story tells us two important things. When we look at Paul, the first thing we see is that our faith in God never depends on the miracle. Our faith in God never depends on what God does or does not do for us in any given situation or storm. Our faith in God only depends upon the gift of God in Jesus Christ, in the gift of God in Jesus Christ's birth, life, crucifixion, and resurrection. Our faith never depends upon the miracle that we are expecting. Those of you who uh, are parents or those of you who have ever been in a kind of a leadership position anywhere knows that if one person is asking for something, you have to take the whole into account. If you give this person exactly what they're asking for, the ramifications on the rest of the people in the family or in the organization could be significant. Now take that and think about God. Here I am, this one little person, and I'm praying, God, please do X, Y, or Z for me. And God's thinking, but if I do that for you, I unravel this and that. And God has to keep the whole of the creation in mind. And sometimes our own little expectations don't fit into the big picture of what God is doing. Our faith never depends upon the miracle that we are expecting, that we are begging for or demanding. But there's something else here in this story that is really so very important. And that is that sometimes in the midst of our expectations, in the midst of our prayers, in the midst of our storms, we have this idea of what the outcome should be, of what God should do to rectify or to bring us out of it. 
If we're on the ship that's sinking, we want God to bring the Coast Guard. We want God to bring a battleship so we know we can be transferred and transported to safety. If we're in the midst of those wildfires in California, well, we want the first responders. We want the National Guard. We want a helicopter to swoop in and save us. But don't you know so many times the miracles come in the ways that we aren't expecting? And we have to have the eyes of faith to see when God is sending the miracle. We want the battleship, the helicopter, the National Guard. But sometimes God sends a garbage truck. It's the hero garbage man to the rescue. Oh my God. As thousands were fleeing the horrific fire in the town of Paradise, California, Dane Cummings was driving toward the flames. My route manager called me and he told me to get the hell out of there and told me the fire was coming. But this lone garbage collector was on a mission, checking on the 50 elderly residents along his route. It was a race against time. It just kept getting worse and more hectic, more people were coming out. On his final stop, Dane found 93-year-old Margaret Newsom stranded at her home. She was recovering from a broken back and had no way to get out. So here comes this great big green monster down the road. <laughs> it was her buddy in a super-sized garbage truck. Turns out Margaret always had a sweet spot for Dane. He always got my special platter of cookies, candy, and pumpkin bread. Now Dane was returning the kindness. He carefully loaded Margaret into his truck and they raced off as flames tore through town. Margaret, a former backup singer for Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr., had seen a lot in her long life, but nothing like this. It was like we were entering in the bowels of hell. Dane says he was initially worried about giving a passenger a ride. It's against company policy. You were nervous you'd get in trouble. Yes, I was. They didn't dare get mad at him. <laughs> no, Margaret. they wouldn't get mad at him anyway. <laughs> now Margaret can't thank Dane enough. You are the most wonderful creature that God produced. How do you feel with people calling you a hero? Nah, it wasn't about being a hero, it was about letting my friends know I could help them. You are the most wonderful creature that God produced. The garbage man. The miracle of God often comes in a way that we don't expect. Our life in God never depends upon the miracle coming in the way that we expect. It never comes with our being choosing the way out of the storm. It comes only through our enduring faith in Jesus Christ and what he has already done for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.